Hello, uh, everybody. It is, <laughs> it's been a while. It's been since October, I think, since I've done one of these. Um, I'll talk about why I've not been around for a little bit. Um, I was swamped with a bunch of work um, because of school uh, and taking some video jobs. And uh, because of that, I didn't really have enough a lot of time to do a lot of things. Um, I'm in film school, so a lot of that stuff was technical, and a lot of oh, some of that stuff was working on projects. Some of which I'm really proud of, and I'll maybe talk about a little bit um, at the end of this, or maybe another time. Uh, but yeah, it was that, and then after school ended. Um, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> uh, if you didn't listen to the podcast I sort of did about it. It's just freaking exhausting, man, and emotionally exhausting and exhausting in a lot of different ways. Um, and I really wanted to take a break from a lot of the things that I was doing um, just for my own, you know, sort of mental health reasons. And <laughs> one of the weird paradoxes of that is that uh, I, I'll stop doing something things because I don't want to overload myself because of mental health, but then my mental health will like decrease because I'm not doing something that I loved um, because I have to focus on other things that I absolutely despise, um, unfortunately, that are like a necessity. And this is one of those things I really, really, really loved podcasting and sharing my feelings and my thoughts with you guys. Um, I guess the good news is that I've applied to take the... Uh, spring semester off um so I should have until about August to sort of just work on all the projects that I want to work on which um I'm really really thankful that I can get that opportunity and be able to do that because I want to keep doing this I want to keep sharing my thoughts with you and I want to keep making things um because filmmaking is my dream and even though podcasting is my dream or YouTube videos aren't necessarily my dream, doing those things is a really nice outlet to have and it makes me feel creative and productive. And I, it, it all centers around things that I really, really love talking about. Uh, the, it, it, it gives me sort of another outlet to talk about the things that I use filmmaking to talk about more often than anything else. So with that, uh, let's consider myself back. Uh, I'm really, really excited about that. Um, sorry, I was checking my phone. And yeah, um, it hasn't been as big a break as, like, say, my other podcast, Couple Critique, uh, which, let's just say something is in the works for that. Um, but yeah, let's get on to the topic of uh, this podcast. And it's been a... Guys, it's been a rough 2020, and 2021 started out uh, a lot worse than probably anybody expected it to, um, with what happened at the Capitol, um, while they were finalizing the Electoral College vote count and doing the official tally. Uh, man, what do you even say about stuff like that? Um, <laughs> you know what, it made me realize a lot about this whole year, and about the state of politics, um, today and not only the state of politics but the state of relation between um the american people and the government now i've been very outspoken about 
not being fond of the government, both the Republicans and the Democrats. Um, you know, I'm, I, I, I've I've taken, you know, stances that many would say were libertarian at times. I've come a long way in my political beliefs as well, uh, even since starting this podcast and even since earlier this year uh, and even since the summer. And, um, you know, we're living in desperate times. Um, and it's very unfortunate that we've gotten here. And I've, you know, on this podcast, I've talked many times about why, how I think we got here and what I think was going to be the escalation because of us getting here. And I've talked about, you know, administrations and policies and things that I think have ultimately, you know, sent us down a path that mirrors that of the fall of the Roman Empire. Um... And what happened at the Capitol really has a lot of attention on it, not only from, you know, the people that would have the attention of, like, the media, like, a lot of the media outright, you know, condemning it and stuff like that, and even conservatives condemning it, and, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are confused, I think, as to how we got here, and... There's a lot of media out there, newspapers, YouTube videos, articles, uh, on the news, like on TV, just telling you that we got here because of some sort of white rage, because of white supremacy, because of because of entitlement of, of uh, these people who are Trump supporters, right? People who supported Trump. It's because of Donald Trump that we are in this situation. He is the ultimate thing. If if, if anybody else were the president, um, this would have never happened. And to an extent, they're right, and to an extent, they're wrong about that. While I do think that maybe this Capitol riot may not have happened um, if Donald Trump wasn't the president of the United States, <clears throat> I can't help but not put all the blame on him. Not because I'm going to go easy on Trump, because, you know, over the course of Trump's presidency, evaluating his presidency, um, you know, taking a look at a lot of things he's done, a lot of things he hasn't done, he's still going to be, in my mind, um, one of the worst presidents America's ever had. Maybe not the worst president. I think that spot is rightfully reserved to Woodrow Wilson. But one of the worst presidents we've ever had. And it's not because of what the media might tell you, what CNN or MSNBC or CBS News might say why he's one of the worst presidents. I don't think it has anything to do with... Um, or I, I, in my mind, it has less to do with um, the sort of things that they levy against him, his past infidelities, his... You know, his candor, how he says things. We've had a lot of presidents who have said a lot worse than Donald Trump. Um, not to say that because of that, we shouldn't call him out for the things that he has said. Um, but also, when it comes to the media, you know, we have had instances where they've said that he said things out of context and unfortunately driven a narrative that isn't necessarily truthful about the things he said. But I'm not really... That's not what I want to focus on because we've spent all way too much time focusing on that um, the last four years. 
um, really the issue with the Capitol riots, right? When going back to that and how, oh, wait, 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 but first why Donald Trump is a bad president because he's just like Reagan, because he's just like George H.W. Bush, because he's just like George W. Bush, right? I think, you know, I, I had a little glimmer of hope that maybe we might do something about our Middle Eastern troop situation and not much was done, <laughs> which is a, a vast disappointment to me um, because that's something I really, really care about. And uh, any president who really doesn't do anything about that situation is going to be in the bottom tier of presidents because it's one of the easiest situations to ultimately win public support on. And in doing so, you can really like turn yourself around, the public image of you around as a president um, by fixing that. However, um, back to the Capitol riots... Um, I've seen a lot of people on social media, people I know who are not conservative. Um, I'm not a conservative, just (laughs) throwing that out there before anybody makes assumptions about where I lie. I'm not a conservative. Um, People who are not conservatives, people who who consider themselves liberal, people who I would say watch the news like CNN, MSNBC, and for the most part believe it. Um, Watch any TV news and for the most part believe it have taken a sort of, how you say, holier-than-now stance about what happened at the Capitol. Uh, And that, you know, these people, they had no reason to do this. Um, There's, 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 it all came because they're all a bunch of racist bigots. Uh, They all hate women. They all, uh, you know... All, all the things that have been levied against Trump supporters uh, in the past uh, four years. And that's an unfortunate way of thinking, I think, because that's like 50% of the country, maybe not 50% of the country support what happened at the Capitol, but 50% of the country are Trump supporters. And I think this speaks to a larger issue. And I think what happened with the Capitol and the response uh, that people have essentially had when it came to the Capitol riot, ultimately exposes um, exposes something that uh, it's very it's very tough to not put my finger on. It's very tough to just swallow. I think, which is really how divided this country is. I'd say maybe that this country is now more divided than it has been since the Civil War maybe more divided than the Civil War. And this is... It's really sad. It's really sad because I love this country and I love America. I love being here. I want this country to be awesome. I want this... I want, I want, to, I want to move forward in this country and I want, I want this country to be able to achieve things that no country ever has in terms of prosperity and growth, specifically for the American people. I love the American people so much, and I and I want us to prosper, and I want us to move somewhere. But I realize that the American people, as of right now, until they really wake up, unfortunately, we're not going to go anywhere. We just won't. We're just not going to. Not for the time being. 
I would want maybe under a less tumultuous presidency, like the Joe Biden presidency, that maybe we can work on rebuilding the relationship between the left and the right, between Democrats and Republicans, um, in terms of the American people, not in terms of the people in the government. The people in the government, I'm very much indifferent to and apathetic to how they feel because um, they have one job and one job only, and that's to serve us. That's it. They are to serve us, the people, the American people. That is their one allegiance. And every one who bows down to the corporate hegemony, to the oligarchy, who gets bought up by Raytheon, who decides to do pro-corporate things, um, those people, I unfortunately, they're people. I don't want any harm to come to them. But um, I have a very, very hard time caring about your feelings. I will never sympathize with your feelings. Um, about what's happening in the government as long as I see you laying down to the to the powers that be that unfortunately have put us in this situation. And we've seen a lot of turmoil this year. We had a whole summer of, of, of riots and protests. And again, I'm going to say this. I've been to peaceful protests that happened over the summer. I'm proud that there were peaceful protests that happened um, because it's important. And I, and I love that. And I love that thing about our country that we have the ability to protest, but there was also non peaceful protests. There were people who took advantage of, of, of the fact that there were a lot of people there and people who went out specifically to riot. And a lot of people, people burned down full city blocks. Um, and that's unfortunate. And it's, equally as unfortunate as would happen at the Capitol. It's equally as unfortunate as that. And yeah, they attacked the seat of American democracy. But I'll say this, at least they went to the right building. At least they didn't, you know, burn down someone's business. And, you know, that was one of my big criticisms about people's turning a blind eye to what was happening during the the Black Lives Matter movement protests and riots that were happening and it wasn't that I was going I was delegitimizing the protests because I think protest is amazing and I and I will say that most of those protests were in fact peaceful duh but we but a lot of people out there the news media um a lot of people I know they just they they saw it even even at the peaceful protests that I was at they really were legitimizing the destruction of their own communities, communities of color who have struggled for generations. They were willing to say, yeah, we should burn it all down, um, even if it means that in the long run, nothing is going to happen and we are going, and our community is ultimately going to be poorer and hurt. And that's what happens when there's blind rage. And we live in an America right now where... Unfortunately, there is a lot of blind rage on both sides, on both the left, on the right, liberals, conservatives. And it's rough. (laughs) It's rough because we're all pointing the finger at each other. And by each other, I mean American people pointing the finger at other American people. You know, we have poor, bi POC liberal people pointing the finger at poor white Appalachian people and poor white Appalachian people, pointing their finger at 
poor by POC people and immigrants and all this stuff. And it and, and unfortunately we're none of us are looking at the real issue. We're not. We're all trying to put ourselves on this pedestal that 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 what we do is right, right? Revolution for me and not for thee, right? It is only it is only one of us who who should be able to prosper because you have different ideas and beliefs from me. Um, you unfortunately lose your right to do anything that I would personally do uh, in a drastic situation, and I will delegitimize it, and I will call you a racist or a bigot, or I will call you you know whatever other name. Um, even though you've done exactly the same thing I've done. And that's something I really noticed um, happening, is that really everybody turned themselves into an ideological pretzel over the course of the last week for, you know, what happened. A lot of the people who were cheering on, you know, cheering on the destruction of, of, of buildings and and, and small businesses that were run by people of color, right, in the name of some sort of salvation, which really didn't happen, right, um, in the name of in the name of protest, so to speak, um, were the same people recoiling at the fact that people may actually go to the government and say, "Hey, enough is enough," and it doesn't matter that what they went there for. You know, it was a pretend. Maybe it was a it was a pretend thing, right? The election being stolen. You know, that's sort of like, you know, Joe Biden was democratically elected. He won. He edged out Trump. It was a close race, um, and they couldn't accept it. Just like a lot of, you know, liberal people couldn't accept the reality of what was going on. Um, unfortunately hurting their communities as well and we're looking at two communities of people who have some of the same problems really now while a lot of the black lives matter protests were about police killings of african americans and people of color it was also about the issue of poverty that afflicts um people of color in this country unfortunately there's a big generalization as to black people and people of color are always doing worse economically than any white person in any situation. And unfortunately, the case is that there are a lot of white people as well who are in similar, if not worse, financial situations as some of these um people who are protesting for Black Lives Matter. There's a lot of poor people in this country, and they're all not one color. And it's unfortunate that we don't see poverty just as an issue on an equal playing field um, when it comes to the color of your skin on one side versus the other side. And that's an issue that, unfortunately, it's created a lot of resentment. It's created a lot of resentment. And, 
even just how the people are referred to, right? It's always referred to as like the issue is the white man, the issue is this, the issue is the white guy, the issue is the, the these white people, right? White people are always the issue, and that's that's just as bad as saying black people and Hispanic people and Jews and everybody else is all the issue as well. And unfortunately, a lot of people I know can't see that, and a lot of people that I've seen on social media and stuff like that and in the news can't see that either. And it's and it's terrible because we should be united because ultimately in my eyes we have the same enemy. The poor white people, the poor black people, the marginalized um, people in this country, the shrinking middle class, the working class, we've all been abandoned. We were all abandoned by the government. That's just the reality. The reality is our focus on race has always been a distraction. As long as we're fighting each other, as long as black people are angry at white people and white people have resentment towards black people and Asian people and Hispanic people and Native Americans, as long as our gun barrels are all turned at each other, we're never going to face our true enemy. And while we all do that, they're going to laugh and laugh and laugh. And we're all just going to kill each other and submit peacefully to their surveillance, police state, you know, nonsense that, they, that they've been doing. We let it slide. We've had, I, I've, I've seen, not I've seen, there have been about four presidential administrations from Reagan to Obama and then now even Trump who we've just let do all this draconian 1984 nonsense to us, completely destroy the, the, the ability for the poor, the middle class to move upward in the economic strata to hurting the working class. All of that has been happening. And it's like happening right under our noses. And we all know it, but we all are still too busy fighting each other on, on, on things that ultimately, while important, are less important than taking out the fact that we have a corporate oligarchy in this country. We have a bunch of politicians who will not fight for you. Red wave, blue wave, none of that means anything. It means nothing. If we aren't going to have politicians in Washington who actually serve us. Just recently, we had the whole force the vote thing trending on Twitter. And, you know, it was a big debate as to whether or not a, a force forcing a vote for Medicare for all uh, in wake of Nancy Pelosi's reelection for House Speaker was a thing. Was, was something worth doing? The answer is, it would have been worth doing, even if it didn't pass in the House. Why? Because people, because Medicare for All, something that's incredibly popular in this country, we all would have seen who those people were who voted against it. And it would be a hard, hard campaign for them to get reelected. 
And if it passed, great. But if it didn't pass, we know who we know who we gotta we gotta go after the people who are beholden to the insurance companies and big pharma, right? But no, the the people who are on the left completely spent their entire, you know, all their energy fighting each other and trying to like just come up with excuses as to not do it. And the people who we thought, the people who we thought were fighting for us people like AOC right people that someone that a lot of people really believed in um I've been critical of her on the show a few times somebody that you know a lot of people thought was really gonna fight for them sat there and made excuses as to why it shouldn't happen I'm (laughs) beside myself because I thought maybe after the Black Lives Matter things happening and like and maybe maybe we were gonna move on the upswing, right? Like maybe we were moving towards a better America that worked for all of us, all Americans, no matter what color. Right? I I mean I wanna I wanna work towards an America where, where color is irrelevant. In the great words of Martin Luther King. Um, you know, we should judge someone not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Unfortunately, I see that that racial divide is so deep, it, that that the resentment to people of other races is so deep on both sides. You know, I, I'm 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 a mixed race uh, person. I'm half Puerto Rican Jewish and half African American. I don't refer to myself as either of those things usually because um unless I'm joking about it because it really doesn't matter to me what matters to me is who I am as a person that that's ultimately my identity is who I am right what are my values what do I what do I what do I believe in what am I doing what do I want to be and we've <laughs> for some some reason we've adopted the idea that those are the most important traits about you, your color, where you come from, uh, on a map. Those are the things that ultimately define you more than anything else. And it's really unfortunate. And that's caused so much division in this country, especially since Obama was elected. That really became like the big thing, right? The identity politics on the Democratic Party. The Republican Party did it too, right? That's the whole point of a lot of the things they do as well in supposedly combating uh, identity politics. They, they, they unknowingly give into identity politics. <sighs> and people ask me, right, well, well, aren't you mad about what happened at the Capitol? Is, doesn't that make your blood boil? Doesn't, isn't, that, isn't that just atrocious that all these white people went and stormed the Capitol? And the answer is no, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. I'm not mad at all because we live in a time that is absolutely insane. Our military is in tons of countries across the world, killing people for oil, selling weapons to genocidal regimes, doing war crimes and drone strikes, in nations that we have no business being in 
in the name of fighting terror that we created. We have a shrinking middle class. We have a growing poverty in this country. We have a working class that is like one check away from one mischeck away from being in financial ruin. We have a growing rich overclass that makes all the decisions super rich. I should say super rich overclass that makes all the decisions about our livelihoods and pay no mind to us. We have a bunch of politicians in Washington who ultimately don't care for us, but tell but tell you that they're fighting for you every single day on TV. We have corporations that aren't held accountable for evil deeds that they do that destroy our environment and ultimately exploit their workers. And we've had a series of presidents. We've had probably the longest series of presidents that there ever has been that have done nothing to, that have not only done nothing to combat any of these issues, but have also contributed to growing them. We have an opioid crisis that's ravaging poor people across this country because they're hopeless and they have nothing left. We have a lot of suicides. We're living in a pandemic. We've been locked down for nine months. People are losing jobs. People are losing their homes. People are going homeless. So no, I'm not mad when I see a bunch of people storm the Capitol because... Those people, whether or not the, the, the exact logistical reason for why they went there was a legitimate one, whether or not what they were doing was absolutely stupid and unplanned, which yes, it was stupid and unplanned and absolutely, you know, something that, that you know, it's like you really should have done that, honestly. Regardless to those facts it makes absolute sense why something like this would happen i don't condone it i i'm, I'm not going to say that you know we should have gone they should have gone there and completely like stormed the capital and you know put the lives of the people in there in danger but but if you didn't see this coming if you if you if you if you thought this only was going to be a thing because someone like Donald Trump was president, I think you're mistaken. Now, I do think that Donald Trump as a president, you know, really did a lot to um, sort of rile up those people who were um, very angry and felt marginalized and stuff like that. I'm not. I'm not going to say that that's not the case. I think a lot of his rhetoric, right? has been inflammatory and I think in some cases wrong and driven them at the wrong targets. But that's also what I will say is that he also is, you know, he fed into the same corporate corporate oligarchy that the last three or four presidents did as well. But I'll never put myself on a, 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 a moral superior place compared to those people. Because those people have the same anger and frustration that we all do. Anger and frustration aimed at the government. Because the government abandoned us. Because the government decided that we weren't important, that we should be exploited. And the government decided that ultimately 
we don't matter. All of our lives don't matter. We exist as fuel for their economic prosperity. Their economic prosperity, but not the economic prosperity of the American people. They'd rather invade another country and steal their oil to prop up the petrodollar instead of putting the American dollar on a hard metal-backed current, making the American dollar a hard metal-backed currency. So that way, we cannot have a, a, an economy that fluctuates uh, by the direction the wind is blowing. I'm not mad at those people. Because I understand their anger. And we should all be angry. There's never been a time where we should be less angry than right now. Or more angry than right now, really, is what I should be saying. Because there's a lot to be angry about. But it's time that we stop fighting. And it's time that we stop giving in to all these divisive talking points and, 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 and attitudes and resentment toward each other. We need to stop that. Because that's ultimately what leads to stuff like this. It's not just what happens in the government, right? But it's the fact that we have so much misplaced anger and hate towards each other. That when we see people do exactly the same thing that we just did, we just sit there and call them idiots and, you know... We buy into the fact that they should be censored. We buy into the fact that they should be silenced. Which only creates more resentment and anger. And then because of that, the response and the retaliation is so much worse. We need to, we need to stop that. And I think ultimately we need to come together as a country for real this time. We need to actually unite. We need to, you know, go to our neighbor. We need to actually talk to them. We can't be screaming at each other on social media. We can't be we can't be blocking each other just because they don't agree with us. We can't we can't, you know, try and destroy someone's livelihood for a joke they made ten years ago that is now socially unacceptable. It's 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 time to move past that crap. That's childish and it's pathetic. And all it does is make all of our situations a lot worse. Because every minute we spend doing that, every minute you spend attacking your neighbor, every minute you spend trying to cancel somebody, every minute you spend writing your racist tweet on on on, on Twitter or making a post on Instagram about why black people are bad or why white people are bad or why Hispanic people are bad or Asian people are bad or Native Americans are bad, is... One less moment that we all spend focusing on the fact that the government abandoned us and the only way to get America back to a place or get America to a place at all that can be prosperous for all of us is holding them accountable. I guess that's all I have to say uh, for this podcast. I thank you everybody who listens if you even still listen, I don't know who's out there now all these months later. Thank you. Um, and hey, you know what? We're all in this together. We're all responsible for what happened.
but it's time for us to move past that. It's time for us to reevaluate our behavior towards each other and how we see each other and how we feel about each other. If we really want this country to, to move forward in a, in a, in a way that works for all of us. Thank you.